Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And today we are back with the second episode in our Recruit Reflection Series. And we're super excited to be joined by Lexi Zeiss, who of course was an alternate to the world's team in 2022. And she's the Winter Cup all-around champion from earlier this year. Lexi trains at Twin City Twisters in Minnesota and had a really unique recruiting experience as she was recruiting in the midst of her elite season last year. And after only taking one other official visit, which you'll hear about in this episode, Lexi ultimately ended up committing to LSU and is set to sign very, very soon. We're thankful that Lexi reached out wanting to share her recruiting process, and we hope you all can learn a few things from her. So please welcome to the show, Lexi Zeiss. The last time we had you on the show, it was a year ago, and a lot has happened since then. You went to the World Championships as an alternate, you won the Winter Cup earlier this year, and then at the end of this year, you had a little bit of an injury, and then you had surgery, I guess, and then like 10 days later, you were competing at championships and nailing vaults. So I guess just give us a little life update, what the last year has looked like, and most importantly, how you're doing right now. Yeah, so um, obviously, I went to the World Championships. I went into that meet not like to trials not expecting anything just like okay like I'm in such a good place physically like just have fun and see what happens and I truly did that and so I made the team and I was like, so excited and it had been like the longest dream that I, I I was so excited it's hard to like explain that feeling just because like you don't believe it's gonna like I went in not thinking that was gonna happen so it was just like such a great experience and even though I didn't get to compete like I was so young and just to be out there and experience it was like so exciting for me and then winter cup I actually didn't know if I was going to compete at winter cup just because like I had been competing for a whole year and that was like such new territory for me but like I did wasn't expecting much again and it came out my way so it was exciting and I threw some new stuff so that was exciting and then obviously I made Germany and I went down in Germany and I got hurt there so um, I ended up getting surgery and I got back to the USA and was recovering from that and then um, was just having some pain still so I got a scope and that definitely helped a lot and that was after classics so I like did U.S. classic was feeling really good and then there was some period of time between classics and championships I was like "Mm, a little sore so I got a scope and then I competed 10 days later and I actually went to championships late so like Sarah and no Sarah stayed with me so I was in um, Minnesota Monday Tuesday Wednesday I flew out Thursday and she flew out um, Wednesday morning to make the podium trainings. So like Seth went with them. So I like went, I missed all the podium trainings for championships. I showed up Thursday. That's what I thought. Cause I was there because mm-hmm. I work at inside gymnastics too. And I was there yeah. like, doing videos of podium training and I didn't see you there. So I was like, mm-hmm. she must not be competing. Like, I don't know where she's at. And then you ended up competing. So I was like, okay, so did I like just miss her? Was she not at podium training? <laughs> But so you had surgery then. So that was 10 days before championships. And then you were back competing. Correct. Yes. So like I took like three or four days, five days even of like off my foot. And then that was like that put me till that Monday when I was supposed to leave for championships. So all the girls, like the juniors in L left with Seth, Sarah stayed with me Monday, Tuesday. And I like started bar, like I had taken five days off of gymnastics. So I started bar teams in vault again, Monday. And my first time vaulting, doing a one and a half was the morning before I left, like that Thursday. So like, it was just so fast, but I was like, so prepared before that I just like, was like, yeah, let's go for it. So the only time I got to touch the podium was the morning before the meet on Friday. So I like, didn't really have time. 
Well, you killed Thank it. You. <laughs> Thank you. People on Twitter were like, the first person not in college yet to get a college 10. You were like, <laughs> no, that was my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> so were you I in know. pain at all? Or was did mm-hmm. it feel normal? It felt really good. And like, I was just excited that I had like more movement and it was just feeling good. Um, and like, obviously the first day there was like so much chaos that like I was like really nervous about it and I didn't actually warm up a one and a half on day one I don't know if anyone like caught that but the only time I did a one and a half was like in that touch period like my one and I sat it down so I was like almost didn't compete vault and then I was like Sarah was like okay like what do you want to do I was like I'm going for it like I got this and like I stuck it and I was like I don't know how I did that <laughs> so I was just like so chaotic but it was good Love that for you. You are ready for college. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. So speaking of college, the reason why we have you on is we want to talk about your recruiting process. So last time you were on our podcast, I think it was shortly after June 15th. So at that point in time, I remember you said that you were starting to get calls, but we didn't really get to talk about it because you were still going through the process. So June 15th, let's go back to that day. When did you start getting calls? What's the earliest? Mackenzie Eastip was on our show last week and she said that she was getting calls or texts like right at midnight. What was your experience? Yes, I got texts at midnight and like all the way through. So I actually like Sarah came in early and I practiced from like 545 in the morning to like 815 maybe. I was there like really early before everyone else so I could take calls. And so I was doing that and I got texts like I woke up to texts at like 12 o'clock in the morning and then I got texts like all the way through the day and so I took calls for two days straight and I think I took around 18 calls so I talked to a lot of people just because I had such a big open mind like I didn't know what I wanted to do but ultimately like by the end I knew I wanted to like go to the SEC because all my family is like down in the south so that's what that came down to but I think I was like so open-minded from the beginning that I just like wanted to talk to a lot of people. Mackenzie said that she skipped a day of practice and I also talked to Avery Naff and she said that she skipped school to do all her calls so did you still like continue doing all the things you had to do on top of taking calls yeah so obviously like that first day I practiced really early and then I took all my calls and the next day I went to practice and took calls around practice time so like I got it all figured out it was a lot though like I was mentally drained at the end of the night because it's hard like having those conversations like with them and like staying engaged because like at the end like you're so like just tired because like you're you're having to be yourself the whole time so it's like it's such a fun process but it is like really difficult and hard just because like a lot yeah that's a really good point honestly that I feel like people don't really Mm -hmm. think about like imagine having to take 18 calls pretty much back to back to back and be like talking to people for that long especially being on. on like you're smiling you're responding you're engaging you're yeah. like you got to be on well in the longest amount of time I had in between a call was like max of 20 minutes so like eating lunch like I got home from practice I didn't eat and so like I had a 20 minute period between a call that I like just like ate so fast like trying to eat and like I had a binder I like had binders ready for everybody so like I had to get those ready and like take all my notes and so it was just like it was crazy but it was like such a fun experience like so fun no the calls pretty much were then back to back to back to back for two days yes Yes. (laughs) crazy yes so mm-hmm. this is something I've always been curious about, um, especially for elite gymnasts or like top recruits. Do you get calls or texts, I guess, from like every school, even the lower ranked schools, or is it pretty much only the top schools that are reaching out to you? Or do you have those like lower ranked teams that are like shooting their shot and trying to get you? 
yeah, there were some. I feel like it just, like, depends on the school, but there were some that were, like, lower ranked that did talk to me. I declined a few of them, but I did talk to a few of them just because I was interested just to hear about their school. But um, you just kind of have to decide, like, what you're looking for and decide what your standards, I guess, are, like, what you want to see in your the program you want to go to. So um, I think that was important to me. But, yeah, I did talk to some. But, yeah, they contact you, they text you, and you just have to – navigate that however you will but being one of like the top recruits you just like have to have a plan going into it I guess if that makes mm-hmm. sense. so can you tell the people for like the schools that you don't want to go to and this was something that I think we touched on a little bit when you were on the show last but how do you go about saying no to somebody like if you're not interested at all oh you know that, how do you do that <laughs> it was so hard I called every school because my parents are super like good about like having good social skills and making sure like you call them and thank them because they spent their time talking to you, which I think was so amazing. But it was also really hard because I built connections with people. And like, I also just felt bad. Like I felt guilty about calling these people. My mom like would tell me, she's like, you're giving this spot to someone else. Like you're helping them in a way. And I'm like, you're right. But it's also just, you feel bad because you're like, they're giving me an opportunity, but it's hard. I cried on almost every call just because like I felt like a terrible person when really it was like okay you're giving this spot to someone else who wants it yeah but yeah it's hard but you just have to again like figure out what you want in a school and they hear no more than they hear yes so it's important to know that they hear no more than yes and it's like part of their job so yes you know and they understand you want to find the place you want to be at and like it's not even just about gymnastics it's about school and like what you want to do too so they understand that Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that for the athletes, like this is your guys's first time going through that process, but these coaches, unless it's their first year as a head coach, they've been doing this. So like, mm-hmm. like you said, they are very used to being rejected. It's, it comes with part of yeah. their job. So they're prepared for it. Yes. A hundred percent. So now what was your criteria? If you're willing to share, what was your criteria mm-hmm. for the schools that you were wanting to either talk to kind of look into more and possibly visit? I think I just wanted like a really great coaching staff, just like supportive gymnastics and school. And obviously culture is a big deal for me. I know everyone says that, but it truly is like one of the biggest deal breakers because you want to go into this team and fit in like right when you get there and you don't want there to be like pieces of you missing or like you're not all the way in the team or not off the team, like if that makes sense. So you just have to find like what culture fits you as a person and so I know like everybody says that but it's just like such a big important piece of it because it's a team of 15 and it's not about you anymore it's not individual so you have to be um, a team and like be best friends with your teammates and so I think that's really important and what about like academics do you consider Mm -hmm. things like academics or do you also consider more like potential to win a national championship I mean I'm sure they're both factors to some extent but like does one kind of have priority over the other I would say 50-50. I think I kind of told my parents at the beginning of it, like, obviously, academics are important and obviously gymnastics important. So I want it to be like an even balance of that and like just find what I want to do, but like also do gymnastics because like it's such a big part of my life. So I think it was like academics and gymnastics were like a 50-50 decision. Um, But honestly, like all these top schools you're looking at all are great academics and they have so much academic help for you that like really when you're looking at it there's a lot of great schools in both aspects so that's where it comes down to like those little things that you want through your gymnastics career 
And so after June 15th, kind of walk us through like what your contact is like with the coaches. Like how often are you talking to them? Is it like a weekly thing or I guess uh, how does the contact look with those coaches after June 15th? Yeah. So it kind of just depends on the school. I'd say a lot would check in like once a week. Um, I would talk on calls every once in a while too. It just kind of depends, but I kind of went like recruiting and then I went straight to like made the Pan Ams team right Mm -hmm. after that, I think. And so, um, like I, after I made the team, I got lots of texts and like phone calls from coaches. And so, yeah, it's kind of just like a busy time to just get to know each other over the phone and like text messaging. And then August 1st is when they can first like meet you in person and like talk. So I had people in my house August 1st through the 4th. And so they came in like for dinner, um, at our house and just to get to know them and like in a comfortable setting. So usually like August 1st starts you like we'll talk to people they'll come to your house and then my visits were a little bit different just because I was getting ready for worlds but um yeah so I'd say like that period of time is mostly just over the phone just kind of like figuring out each other and like what school fits you if that makes sense like narrowing it down a little bit yeah so for those coaches that came to your house was this before you did any official visits then Mm -hmm. okay yeah so I um the first second third and fourth they like just the it depends on the school. Some schools brought all their coaches, some brought a few, but you just have dinner, you get to know them and like learn about their school a bit more. And it's just like a comfortable setting to where like you're in your house or you're at a restaurant. We chose to do it in my house because my dad loves to cook. So he just like wanted to cook for everybody and like, have like I'm going to show off setting. my skills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say it was just like a way to get to know each other before and like make sure that's what you wanted to do on an official visit. Like if you want to go so okay and so before august 1st so before you can actually have in-person contact with these coaches as far as like emails or texting or phone calls with coaches was there certain things that coaches would ask you that maybe you can advise like future recruits like things to prepare yourself for that coaches are going to ask you and then also what kind of things did you ask coaches on these calls um i think that something they'll like always ask you is where they're on they are on your list and I think it's okay to tell them where they are, but also know that like it can always change. So I obviously told you at the beginning, like I kept my mind so open that I really couldn't give people a clear answer. I just was like, you know, I'm really interested in your school. I'd love to take a visit if you're willing to have me out, like those type of things. Um, But I would say they're all really respectful of you and what you want and just getting to know you as a person. I had a like a binder of all the single schools that I talked to and like an open page that I would take notes. But my parents actually printed it out. Like I had come up with questions I wanted to ask each school and I had printed them out and um, like wrote down their answers for each just so I could like get a little bit of that. And just like having a little fun with it. Like I, I had a, I don't remember what my specific question was, but I had a specific question for every school that was like totally not gymnastics. Mm-hmm. I think it was like, what's a like fun fact about you? I think that's what mine was. So it was like every time at the end of the call, I'd be like, okay, I want to get to know you a little bit better. What is a fun fact from each of the coaching staff? Just to make it a little more lighthearted and less about gymnastics. Yeah. And everybody loved that. Like they thought it was so fun. And so it was just a little way of me telling them about what I was about and them telling me. So it was just super fun way to like switch it up and make it a less stressful situation. Cause I think it's stressful for both sides of recruiting. And yeah. so, yeah, I think that was important. 
So now you did not post any photos outside of when you were announcing your commitment to LSU. So we have no idea if you took other visits, where you went, if you're comfortable sharing where you went, you can. Otherwise, just can you tell us, did you take other visits? Like maybe how many? Yeah, I only took one other visit. Um, I went to Florida and so it was just Florida and LSU, but I had visits scheduled to Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Alabama. But after I went to Florida and LSU, I kind of knew that it was going to come down to one of those schools. And it was so hard to fit five visits in before Worlds. Like I really just like didn't have the time. And so I called them and just was like, here's the deal. Like, I think I know where I want to go. I don't want to waste your time if I know that this is where I'm headed. And it's like, I can't get there very easily because of selection camp. And so it was just a really hard situation, but I just knew where I wanted to go after those two visits. So I called them and let them know. But yeah, I only went on two visits. Okay. And so like you just mentioned, that was kind of like right in the thick of your elite season because you've had championships Mm -hmm. and you're preparing for worlds. So did you take those two visits then? Was that after championships or like, how did you fit that into your training and your competition schedule? (laughs) So it's actually kind of weird, but, um, so I went, uh, to championships and then I went home for like a week and I actually went to LSU in the middle of the week. I went, um, on a, I flew in Sunday afternoon and I was there Sunday, Monday, left Tuesday. And so I didn't like go to a football game or anything. I just like went in the middle of the week just because it was like so hard to get me there on a weekend. So I ended up going um, during that time. And then Florida, I went. So then there was another selection camp after Worlds, maybe? It was before Worlds. I think it was before Worlds to Hungary and Paris. There was like, it was before Worlds. There was a selection for that. And I went to that. And I ended up flying with Kayla DiCello from camp straight to Gainesville and like met the coaches there so like me and Kayla flew there together and met them at the airport so I went right from camp and I was there then like a Wednesday third Tuesday Wednesday Thursday so like didn't go to a football game there either so it was just like weird times in the week but it was the only way we could like fit them in so you were a very busy girl (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was like a crazy few months and sure. I feel like you got to experience an LSU football game before you're actually a student so do you have any plans to go to any this year <laughs> or have you yeah gone- my class is going no my class is going on November 11th weekend to the LSU Florida game so we'll go to that one fun yeah so what about um a typical recruiting trip what does that look like well it sounds like yours was very different from anyone else's <laughs> I think mine was a little bit different but it was pretty much the same other than we just didn't do a football game but um, I'd say, like, you get there the night before. We went to dinner. Um, it was different. LSU and Florida were pretty different. But we did, like, dinners and, like, lunches, breakfast and stuff. We watched practices. Um, and then we just, like, toured campus on, like, golf carts and, like, looked around, met, like, academic advisors and all the people there to help you succeed. And um, obviously the photo shoots. We got to, like, choose Leos and, like, go and take pictures and like my family pick got to be in some so it was exciting and fun I think that was like obviously my favorite part was like getting to put the Leos on and be like oh my gosh this is so cool um but yeah it's just like really learning about the school and getting to see it in action and obviously I was there both times when they were like in school or like starting school so I got to really see what it looked like during the school day and so were you there by yourself then I'm imagining that there probably wasn't any other recruits with you what was that like? Yeah, I was by myself both times. It was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I know a lot of my teammates were with people and they really enjoyed that too because they got to meet girls. So I think it just kind of depends 
but I had a good time. I got to be like with the coaches one-on-one a lot and get to like talk to them and learn more about the school and them themselves. And I also got to like connect with the girls a lot because um, obviously it was just me. So I think there's like pros and cons of both. And so I, I had a good time. You definitely get more one-on-one time. That's what my mind went to when you said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> oh, you mentioned like that, the photo shoots, obviously I, I feel like this time around, we're seeing a lot more gymnasts being very like public with where they're visiting mm-hmm. and you obviously didn't do that. Did you want to keep it private? Was that like on purpose or was it just really not something you thought about posting those photos? Uh, I think I wanted to keep mine a little more private just because like mine was, I don't know. I, I just like was so up in the air. I didn't know where I wanted to go. And so I kind of just like wanted to keep it between me and my parents. Like I didn't even really tell my teammates or my coaches just kind of just like I had a good time and I'm like still trying to figure things out because I was like trying to figure things out. So I didn't want to like have other people trying to figure out for me. So I think that was important, but I just wanted to keep it kind of on the down low. Um, but I know it shocked a lot of people. Like I was looking on Twitter after I posted and there was someone like, wait, when did she even visit? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I wanted. Like, I didn't really want anybody to know where I was. Yeah, all part of the plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, also, I think it gives you the opportunity to kind of just, like, go through the process yourself and not have any of those outside voices from people that right. you know, don't know you and your situation and what you want. So Exactly. <laughs> Very yeah. smart. And I think there was a lot of people that, like, didn't think I was going to go to LSU. I was thinking other places. So I think it was good for me to, like, make my own decision and not have people just, like making their calls I guess not that that would have changed my outcome but just like less outside voices like talking and just letting me decide on my own and my parents so so on the two visits you did what about the most fun part or like the coolest thing that you did yeah so obviously I didn't go to any football games or anything but I would say like spending time with the team was like definitely the best parts of both places and obviously the leotard photos but um, like staying overnight with one of the girls on each team was like super fun and like just like gave you a really big insight into what their life is like and just like really getting to know the girls on the team and just seeing like what the team is about and that was super exciting and fun obviously Kayla Dicella was my host at Florida and then Tori was my host at um, LSU so I got to like stay overnight with them and just like really get to see what their life was like and it was super exciting and they also like all came to the photo shoots to like cheer you on and watch so like that was exciting they'd like like if they made you do like a screaming photo like they'd scream with you so it was like (laughs) more fun and like you got to take photos with them too so I'm glad you mentioned the screaming photos because I always wonder like how that works because it feels like it would be awkward to just randomly scream I would not I would not be able (laughs) to (laughs) I didn't do one at Florida but at LSU um Ashley um the coach Ashley was like okay we're gonna like have you scream and I was like oh god so like I did one and I didn't scream and she was like okay so then she got the whole room like Garrett was in there um my parents were in there and like there was like seven of the girls like left practice early and came to watch me and so Ashley just had everyone in the room just scream as loud as they could so I was ah and then everyone was screaming so it was like less awkward yeah okay (laughs) that that I feel like would be definitely less awkward if you had me do it by myself I'm like Nah, no, not doing it. No, me either. I was like, I can't do this alone. And she was like, okay, everyone just scream as loud as you can. So, yeah. <laughs> Love that. So <laughs> now when it comes down to getting scholarship offers, a question that we have is, is there deadlines? Like, do you have a school that'll say like, we're offering you, but we need to know by the end of the week, or are they just offering you and they're like, take your time? I never had any deadlines with mine. Um, 
but I know there are people who have gotten deadlines. I didn't get any. They mo- A lot of them offered me on June 15th. Um, most of the people that I was like continuing to talk through like August offered me on June 15th and there was no like pressure or timeline um, for me at least but and then I want to ask you about team culture that's something that you mentioned already and then I know that's something that a lot of gymnasts are looking for but I feel like it's probably kind of hard to gauge that when you're only on campus with the team with the coaches for such a short period of time so I guess what advice would you give for like being able to gauge where you know where you might fit in best where the culture might be best and what kind of things are you looking for do you ask certain questions to gauge that I guess kind of how did you determine that I think one thing I went into is like, there's no stupid or dumb questions. Like you can always ask questions and asking the girls questions like separately from other people just to give them that chance to talk to you. And I also think it was important for me and my parents because obviously I was having the time of my life on these visits and was like having so much fun and like in the moment. And so I really like, before I went, I was like, ask my parents, like really like watch and because I knew I'd be so into it just to like not always like stop and look around and be like how is everyone interacting right now so um that was a helpful situation just to have people around you helping you like watch and see but they were really good and my parents were really good about like being like this with both schools like having one over the other for me and letting me really make that decision for myself but yeah I'd say just like asking those questions and like really just being aware and watching around you how they react and, and act around people and then I think another thing is I watched every college gymnastics meet that year before I committed or even was like looking at schools and just to watch compete. Like how did this team act when they didn't have something go their way? Or how did this team act when they had something go their way? And so I really watched and that helped me narrow down schools before June 15th also and kind of know in my head like, okay, these are the how many schools that I am interested in. That's a good one. Yeah, great advice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think that was honestly the most important like me and my parents would put four TVs up in front of us and have all the meets on and like literally just watch. And it was so much fun. And just to like watch what my future was going to be like and like just see where I fit in and watching that. Like, oh, you would fit in there. Like you would fit in there. Look at those girls. Like just asking those questions. Too. Yeah. The four TV screens, that is the life of a gymnastics fan during college gymnastics season. Like that's us every single weekend. Yeah. <laughs> We're not so fun. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. So you ended up committing to LSU. Why LSU? How did you come to that conclusion? It was a really hard decision just because I think when you come down to the end, you know you could fit in anywhere. But ultimately, I just loved the girls and the team culture like so much and how close the team was. And obviously, the coaches are amazing. And I love the school in general. It's beautiful. And I can really see myself going there. Like I really was like, okay, yeah, I would really fit in here. And So I think ultimately it came down to little things like that, but I just like in my heart, I knew that's where I needed to be. Was there a certain moment that you can recall, whether it was when you were on your visit or like laying in your bed several weeks later, like, do you remember that moment when it hit you? Like, this is home for me. Yes and no. I feel like mine wasn't really a moment. It was like a buildup almost. Like I would lay in my bed and be like, okay, like let's pretend like you're going to LSU now. Like, how do you feel? And then I'd be like, okay, pretend you're going to Florida how do you feel and so I think it was important for that and just like also sitting down with my parents and just talking and being like okay this is how I feel about this school this is how I feel about this school like I mean like I need your help to talk about these things just so I can like hear the things I'm saying out loud and like 
So I think it's important to have that support system around you too and like have them help you make this decision because it's a big decision. It's a hard decision and it's a decision like affecting your future. So I think it's important to use those resources around you to make that decision because you're only like 15, 16 making a lifelong decision. Like it's hard. Yeah, big decision. Very. So what about being an LSU Tiger excites you the most? Is there a certain aspect that you just cannot wait to do or be a part of? I think just like the team and like the PMAC, I can't wait to compete in the PMAC. Like they sell that out every meet and like just so excited to compete in front of a huge crowd like that. And I don't know, I think it's like the whole thing. I'm excited to go to classes at LSU and meet the other sports because the sports are so close there. And I love that because I'm such a big sports fan. And so I'm just excited for the whole thing. Like I'm I'm just ready to be a tiger. <laughs> Training in that gorgeous facility. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> Things beautiful. <laughs> what about the moment that you told the coaches at LSU that you were committing? Can, can you tell us about that moment? Yeah, so this is like kind of a funny story, but I uh, had texted um, Garrett and I was like, hey, what are you doing right now? And he was like, um, I don't know why. Like, because he knew I was, I told him, I was like, I'll call you on Sunday and let you know my decision. And so I was like, he was like, I don't know why I won't talk to him unless it's good, like jokingly. (laughs) And I was like, ha ha, I am sure. And I was like, can we talk at like two? He was like, yeah, that works. Do you want everyone or do you want just like me? And I was like, um, everyone's fine. Like I was just trying to play it cool. I was like, everyone's fine. Like whatever. And so I call him at two o'clock and they're at their banquet, like their LSU banquet. And I said to him, I was like, where are you right now? And he was like, we're at our banquet. And so they were all three in different corners of this banquet hall. Like it was like, Jay was in this corner, Ashley was in that one, Gary was in that one. So like I had them all on the phone, but they were in different corners of this like banquet hall. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me you had the banquet? And they were like, well, we couldn't wait. Like we needed to know. And I'm like, so like, you're basically waiting, having everyone in this banquet, like sit and wait for you to like go on a call with me. Like, this is crazy. Have you like projected up on the screen? Everyone's watching. Oh my God, I was like, oh my gosh. And so they were like, no, no. Like we're like hiding, like they're, they're like eating whatever. I'm like, okay, like this is, you did not have to talk to me during the banquet, but like, it was just such a funny situation. So then I'm like, okay, like, I just wanted to let you guys know that like, I want to commit. And Jay like threw his phone and Garrett was like yeah like they were going crazy and so a lot of the girls that came running over to them and was like what's going on and they were like you'll find out next week because like I wasn't like announcing yet and so um yeah they just they went crazy and then like Ashley and Jay got off like at the end just to go back to the big land Garrett was just like talking to me he's like I'm so excited like it's gonna be great and so I think it was just like really exciting for all of us just because it had been a long process and they were my first visit and they knew that. So it was just, they had to wait a little bit longer than everyone else. Yeah. But, yeah. Did you say when was it exactly that you took your visits? Uh, so it was like, they were both in August. I can find out right now for you. Okay. So uh, Florida, I was there September 11th. And then um, LSU, I was there August 30th. So they were like two weeks ish apart. Um, yeah, but it just like, it's the only way we could figure them out was like during those weeks. Yeah. And I, those, both those schools like really were like so amazing trying to figure the schedule out because they knew how hard it was going to be to get me there. And so 
they were so accommodating at getting me there and it was just like super helpful yeah and were you like pretty certain that you wanted to have your decision made before you went to like world selection camp and did all of that I wasn't like I didn't have a date I wanted to decide but I think it was like it got stressful for me to Mm. the point where I was like thinking about it at the gym and like what do I do do and so I think it was like important for me to make that decision so then I could like like breathe and like focus on the next thing um so I didn't really have a date but I think I just needed to make the decision I couldn't let it drag on if that makes sense for both schools too like I needed both schools to know so that they could go on to their next person Mm -hmm. that's fair okay so Mm -hmm. our last question is what piece of advice one piece of advice that you would give to people that are either currently going through the recruiting process or will be in the future or maybe something that you didn't know that you wish you would have known when you started the process yeah, um, I would say just ask the, those questions. They might be hard questions, but ask those questions because you have to realize that this is your future and like that's okay to ask those hard questions. And then also just knowing like those no calls are putting you closer to your AS call. And I remember through this whole recruiting process when I would talk to Garrett, he would kept telling me like, we want you so bad, but just know like every no call is putting you closer to your yes calls. Because I used to tell him like, yeah, I made a no call and it's like really hard. And like, I started crying and he would tell me like, again, like we want you so bad, but just know like we're adults and we hear no a lot. And just to know that, like, we know you're making this decision for yourself. And so I think that was a big piece of advice for me. And also just the biggest piece of advice someone told me, I don't even know if it was a coach was just, they hear no more than they hear yes. And that was so important just to know that like, it's not the end of the world for them. Like they hear it a lot and, you know, just ask those questions and be open-minded. I think it, obviously everyone's recruiting different processes different, but mine, I was really open-minded from the beginning. Some people know where they want to go and that's fine too. But if you're kind of in the middle of that situation, I would say just like open minds and some people will surprise you. Love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Of course. Is there anything else that we didn't ask you that you wanted to share? You want people to know? No, I don't think so. I think just remember it's a fun time. And when it gets stressful, it's an exciting thing. And it'll all ultimately come down and be so excited for you. And yeah, signing days in two-ish weeks and we're ready to go. And go Tigers. (laughs) We want to say thank you so much to Lexi for being willing to share a bit of her journey, not only with us, but with all of you. Hopefully, whether you're a fan or an athlete, you'll be able to take something away from her experience and learn something about the process. I think she has a really interesting and unique perspective being an elite gymnast and balancing school, training, actively competing as an elite, going to international assignments, all while trying to do this really intense recruiting process. So I think she has a really valuable experience that that could be helpful to somebody out there or at the very least interesting. So thank you again so much to Lexi for taking the time to come chat with us. 
Also, if you missed part one of the series from last Monday, go check it out. We had Mackenzie Eastep on the show, who is one of the top recruits in the class of 2025 and recently committed to Oklahoma. So she had a lot of amazing advice for Mm -hmm. athletes that are going to be going through the recruiting process. And also just, again, interesting for fans to hear, like, even if you're not going through the process yourself. We're learning so much. Yeah. We're talking to all these different athletes. We know fans have so many questions about recruiting. So I think so far between Mackenzie and Lexi, we've been able to get a lot of those questions answered which is amazing and we have sydney seabrooks coming up next monday she'll be the next recruit reflection and then we have charlotte raymond who is a class of 2024 but recently committed to brockport and she'll give us a perspective from someone who's looking at a d3 schools and also the perspective of an international athlete she's from canada Mm -hmm. so and we have some other ones in the works as well but we'll keep them a secret until they're more concrete (laughs) yes but if you are an athlete and you're listening to this and you are a recent commit so 2024 2025 preferably but honestly anyone who's been through the recruiting process that wants to share listen their if you have something to say come here <laughs> if you we have will, something we to will say have you. come our way you had an opportunity to rhyme and you didn't do it oh i didn't even realize if you have something to say come, come our, our way. way yeah there you go we said this last time but just want to reiterate doesn't matter what your results look like what schools you visited whether or not you were offered a scholarship we really just want to highlight all of the experiences and give all the different perspectives out there because they're all important and they're all valuable to somebody out there there's someone out there that is in the exact position that you were in yes i think that like if we're truly diving into the recruiting process we would be doing athletes a disservice by not talking to a wide variety of athletes truly so So that's the goal not everybody's going to have the same experience as, you know, an elite gymnast or somebody who was considered to be the top of their class. You know, I think the experience is just so different for everybody. And that's part of why we're doing this is because we want to learn about the different experiences. And we also want all of you to as well. So. so if you're an athlete that has a recruiting journey that you want to share, you can send us a message on social media. We're at All Things Gym Pod on all of the platforms. Or you can send us an email at allthingsgympod at gmail.com. Okay, so moving on to the question of the week. Someone submitted, weird question, but what's the story with Leo's? Obviously, we see the same Leos used time and time again, but how? Does everyone on the national team just get the whole USAG collection of Leos to keep as their own? Does USAG just have a handful that they reuse for every event and then you pray that it fits everyone nicely? That's a great question, honestly. And one that I didn't really know the answer to, I kind of had a guess. So luckily, we were able to confirm with Lexi Zeiss. Obviously, she has experience as a national team member. So basically, USA Gymnastics has a room or a closet, whatever you want to call it, full of leotards including from previous years yeah so from what it looks like they get new leotards every like olympic games or world championships and then those are the leotards that you see at the earlier the the international assignments that are earlier in the year so for example the world championships just happened the team that went to pan ams is wearing a lot of the same leos that the world's team wore Whoever, if there's an international assignment coming up, you know, later this year, I think there's a World Cup that Jade Carey's mm-hmm. going to. And then I'm sure that I have to look at the calendar, but I'm sure there's going to be assignments early next year. They're going to be wearing a lot of the same leotards that were seen at the World Championships. And then they'll get a whole new batch. So from what it sounds like, according to Lexi, when you are given an international assignment, you get the Leos for that assignment. So like the girls that made Worlds and Pan Ams, they got all the competition Leos and all the training Leos for those events. But which- say there's a camp in the the coming months that you know somebody is named to the national team they wouldn't necessarily get the leos until they are given an assignment right so they have leos
Leos, it sounds like there's Leos that are designated for whatever event. And when you make that team, you get those Leos. But say you make the world selection camp and you've never been on the national team before, you've never had like an international assignment, you can go into that room and they have like all of the Leos. And they probably have a variety of sizes. Yeah, from recent years that you can choose from. So, and also from our understanding, you get to keep those Leos. Like if you watch like Michaela Skinner on YouTube, she's done some vlogs where she shows like all her Olympic leotards in a closet and just her leotards over the years. Yeah, I think once you make the team, you get the Leo and then they just have backups for people who are added within that year. They probably mass order leotards when they're ordering them because I'm imagining that they're not super easy to make. Like it's not something that you can just, oh, we need one more Leo. Can you like throw that together real quick and have it by the weekend? They probably order like at least like, I don't know, like five, six seven you know probably maybe even up to ten more than that you think yeah just because you never know i mean anything could happen it it could rip it could get ruined somehow even if it's on accident true you never know you know what if next year a a wave of new people come in that have never made national team and they just they need a bunch yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so no that makes sense yeah so we mentioned jade carey she has a world cup coming up she will only get the one leotard that she's wearing for that world cup like she's not going to get the entire world championship set she'll probably have a backup maybe even a couple backups i would imagine but from what lexi said you only get the leos that are for the specific assignment so pan ams and worlds was a multi-day competition they got lots of leotards training and competition for that but if you're only going to a one day or a two day competition you're only going to be getting one two maybe three leotards and then like we said if there's an international assignment early next year you're probably going to be picking their usa gymnastics is probably going to be picking from those leos from worlds and pan ams Mm -hmm. and you'll get those if you don't already have it and then when a new event comes around like worlds or olympics they'll basically get a new set of leos and then down the line as long as the sponsor is the same if you make like world selection camp you can go back and pick any of those leos even if you weren't on that team if that makes sense like i think at that rate it's all fair game (laughs) Mm -hmm. hopefully that makes sense so if you have a question that you want us to answer or at least attempt to answer, we don't claim to know everything, but you can send us a question by clicking the link in the show notes down below. It's an anonymous submission form, so your name won't be attached to your question. I know some people prefer to be anonymous. I'm also one of those people, you know, so just submit your question, no shame, and we will answer it um, when we can or if we think it's appropriate, depending on the topic of the episode. We try and make it so... The the question in some way correlates with what we're talking about. Yeah, I actually want to acknowledge someone a couple months ago sent a question about Michigan and basically like who Michigan was losing and who they were getting. And we've been putting it off because we've intended to do a season preview. And that is actually coming out on Thursday, which this is a perfect segue into yeah. what's coming next. So uh, we didn't answer the question just because we plan to go in depth with our thoughts on that. So if but, you ask that question, stay tuned. And keep the questions coming. So just because yes. you asked a question question and we don't answer it the following week doesn't mean that we're not going to answer it we just like we said we try and pick ones that kind of somewhat correlate to something we talked about on the show or somebody or you know this one like we said Lexi being an elite gymnast a national team member now is a good time to address a national team related question right anyways yeah we have a new series I think we mentioned this last week coaches corner slash NCAA season preview 
So each week we're going to be assigning a team to our schedule mm-hmm. <laughs> and trying to get as many head coaches on as we can. We're going to be starting with the University of Michigan and following the interview, we will have our season preview. So we'll talk about who we think is going to make lineups, um, potential injuries, upgrades. And it's really all you could ask for in the sense that like, especially if we have a coach on, you're getting to hear straight from the coach who stands out, who might be doing upgrades. You're hearing, you know, right from the coach firsthand. But then also, if you're interested in our opinion, you can stick around after the fact. Yes, because you get both. You get the coach's insight and our opinions as well. So the coach's corner is going to be coming out every Thursday, at least in the month of November. I'm imagining it'll trickle over a little bit into December. Mm-hmm. But for the month of November, you can expect every Monday a recruit reflection and, and every Thursday a coach's corner and a season preview attached with it. Also, we want to mention the spreadsheet project that we both have been working on for the past several months that kind of goes along with the season previews that we're going to be doing. So basically for the top 20 teams, plus a couple random teams that we threw in. So Auburn, we threw in there. Clemson, I think we threw in there. Georgia. Well, Georgia may, Georgia was 19th, I think. No, Georgia, Georgia was 20th, I think. Okay. Georgia was in the top 20, but barely. But we threw in Auburn and Clemson. I think those are the yeah. two that we added in because there's so many people that a lot of people when they play fantasy gymnastics are going to be wanting to recruit from those teams. So we wanted to give you guys as much information as we could on those teams. So basically what the spreadsheet is going to be, it's going to be on our Patreon page for Gold Level Patreon supporters. And for the top 20 teams, plus Clemson and Auburn, plus individuals, we're keeping track of notable athletes from various teams that not necessarily are like top ranked teams but they have some top ranked individuals yeah they have some standout athletes so we're tracking them as well on this but this spreadsheet is basically going to cover first of all the roster so who's on the team their career highs their season average from last year any skills that we've seen them training over the summer and preseason so we've been keeping track of all of this since like august i would say Mm -hmm. is when we started this yeah we've got upgrades notable skills anything that's like cool which might come in handy for the incoming freshmen if you don't know or haven't seen a lot of the incoming freshmen we really dug deep and we're like stalking through instagram and youtube videos and trying to find like who has 10 start values and who has e tumbling passes on floor or this person has a really cool beam series yeah and we actually found some pretty cool stuff that i think you guys will be excited to see and hear about so but we're also in this keeping track of when we see athletes so you know when those schools post on their Instagram story at inner squad or training updates. We've been keeping track every single time we see somebody on an event, we note it. So if we see, you know, Selena Harris on floor on October 25th, we noted it and so on. So pretty much every athlete in the top 20 in terms of where schools are ranked, plus Clemson and Auburn, as well as a handful of individuals, we're basically keeping track of their every move yeah. since summer on. We're also having little notes made when we see people that are either confirmed to be injured or we've seen in like a boo or a cast of some sort. Or a coach has told us that the athlete's injured. We're keeping track of that as well. Um, freshmen, we have accolades to kind of like introduce you to the freshmen. Right. Like the, the main things that they've done, what their current highs were as a level 10 athlete, pretty much like everything you would need to know. And then for some teams, like I would say the top 10 teams, 
we did lineup predictions and we ranked the lineup based on how likely they are to be in the lineup all the way down to, you know, who's least likely to be in the lineup. So you can really see for those top 10 teams what their depth looks like on every event. And we know what their best event is, in our opinion, and why also potentially what their weakest event is, in our opinion, and why. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really in-depth, all-encompassing of a team's potential, who they have coming in, what they're working with in terms of injuries. I mean, really, if you're really into college gymnastics, or particularly if you play fantasy gymnastics, this is really a great tool to check in with people before you recruit them and see, like, are they injured? Before you recruit them? Draft them, you mean? Okay, you said recruit earlier. Did I? Yeah, you did, so don't come at me. Oh. <laughs> but also that it's funny saying recruiting. I mean, it does I mean, feel you, like you it. You kind of are, right? You're kind of recruiting for your own fantasy team. You are. But yes, the correct word would be draft. <laughs> Thank you very much. Either way, I think this spreadsheet has We've everything. already used it so many times. Literally, we're like trying to draft somebody and we're like, wait, have we seen this person? I can't remember. Or, like, or I what feel like, like it's been a while. There's one athlete. I'm not going to say who it is. Yeah, but there's a top all-arounder that has been MIA, in my opinion. And I don't know if they're injured, but by doing this spreadsheet and tracking it's every time very, we see them. It's very, very obvious that they're She's been absent. missing. Yes. And so now I'm like, red flag. So yeah, we think it helps with fantasy gems. So if you're interested in that, like I said, it kind of supplements the season previews that we're doing and kind of, um, I don't know, some people will prefer a visual component as opposed to just having audio and trying to remember everything that was said. So this is the visual component that goes along with it. It's for our gold level Patreon supporters. Basically, gold level Patreons pay $5 a month and they have access to whatever we put on our Patreon page. So the spreadsheet, we're going to be having some draft lists that we're going to be making. Yeah. If you want to play fantasy gymnastics but you maybe don't know how to do a draft list or you don't have time to do a draft list we'll have some samples for you guys just to like insert and do your thing and then there'll be the usual perks that we always have being able to see who guests are answer questions ask questions questions. not answer them there's nothing to answer i mean we we could start putting questions for you guys to answer if you want i mean (laughs) yeah we do early episode releases you can see the guests before anyone else you can ask questions those are pretty much the consistent perks. We have occasional random things that we like throw out there that are like one-off perks. But this but... project that we've been working on for the upcoming season has been very time-consuming. I think it's turned out pretty cool. So if that's something you're interested in and you want to support us, we of course would appreciate it tremendously. And you can find all of the information that we just talked about in the show notes down below on our Patreon page. That does it for this week's episode. We hope you all enjoyed it. And of course, we always end by thanking our Goal Level Patreon supporters. So a big thank you to Dana, Kyle M, Alex M, Jenna A, (laughs) (coughs) ML, Katie C, MSU, Kimberly G, Randy B, Emily B, Kathleen R, Lucy S, Becca S, Blake B, Cookie Master, Faith, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, Sunflam, Erica S, M, Derek H, Abby M, Martin, Paul M, Krista, Jasmine C, and Lee B. 
thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level we seriously appreciate you guys so so much your support means everything to us and definitely helps keep us going knowing that we have people out there that you know like the show so much that they want to support us and the show so we love you guys thank you so much if you're interested in becoming a patreon supporter we always have a link in the show notes down below to our patreon page where you can see the perks of each tier level and how much it costs as we mentioned we'll be back on thursday with our first episode of coach's corner and we have bev plucky on the show it's a rather long interview just a warning (laughs) it is it's a little bit long but it's really really good and in depth i think we really touch on every single athlete like there is only i think a couple athletes that we didn't even mention like that's how in-depth it is like we really got updates for you guys on every single and we couldn't help it we had been in the gym like a couple weeks prior and we saw practice so we had a lot of questions based off what we saw at practice so we were sitting there and it was just like oh what about this what about that what about this and i had so many more questions that i couldn't even ask because i was trying to be mindful of her time so (laughs) we're really excited to release that interview for you guys and also talk about Michigan. You know, that's what we love to do. So. And kick off the NCAA season. You know we love NCAA season. Well, maybe you don't know, but if you don't, now you do. We love NCAA gymnastics. We are big NCAA girlies, even more so than elite. So, yeah. this is where we like... This is the time of year where we thrive. Yeah. We are defrosting, essentially, right now and we're, like, getting ready. So, look for that on Thursday this week and we will talk to you guys real soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.